0: Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and anyone who started and abandoned a meme account. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. The meme queens. <laughs> the meme lo- ladies. I was like,
1: Lordus? That's not right. Legends? Uh, meme legend. Meme abandoners. Deadbeat meme dads. Oh, that's a good one. On today's episode, the saga of Mrs. Satan which is in the news and a spell for when you are never, ever getting back together. you you look gorgeous thank you thank you I'm excited that it's 50 degrees outside today looking forward to that taking a little walk around my neighborhood I cannot wait adorable like a little
0: Victorian woman on a spring day
1: exactly oh my gosh dude Pokemon okay all right tell me about it I'm done how's that possible I don't have all 150 but I literally caught and evolved all I could And I am Mewtwo. Like, I'm done. There's nothing else for me to do except wait for someone to trade Pokemon with me. Well, how are we going to find this person? I think they are out there. Honestly, I feel very accomplished.
0: You really should. I mean, there's not a lot of people who can say that, especially about like such an analog game. Because like when it came out, we were children. So it was really only like nerds that would have had the completionist streak in their blood to get all all of the Pokemon available in Pokemon Yellow.
1: It just really goes to show you when you put your mind to something, you can accomplish great things. Yep, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel really good about it. I think it's interesting
0: that people are always like shadow work. It's so hard connecting with your inner child. It's a journey. And it's like, no, actually, you could probably just get a a 1997 game.
1: A hundred percent. And reconnect with who you truly are. Just be like, what did I like to do when I was eight years old? Great. Do it. What a good way to spend a Saturn return. We're almost out of it, dude. We have less than a month. I'm so excited. I'm ready to just,
0: you know, fold back into the laziness of like, unconscious living yeah everybody's like slow living be thoughtful about where your food came from and who picks it and like know thy neighbor and I'm like no I really I'm looking forward
1: to just you know not doing any of that I just don't want to be responsible for my decisions and my growth anymore exactly how's your life how's it going It's
0: going good. I am enjoying this really strange February day that we're having today. It's like almost 60 degrees out, actually. (gasps) I cannot wait. kind of crazy.
1: That's so exciting.
0: But okay, so I did have one thing happen to me that was very interesting Mm -hmm. and very serendipitous is that I came across, okay, in New York City, in many major cities, there's the concept of curbing things, right? Yes. So you leave... Things that aren't really trash. They work okay. Not really treasure, or else they'd be capped. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. They're uh, they're worthless most of the time. Mm -hmm. But, like, you feel bad throwing them away. But you do not have the wherewithal to go to the goodwill, right? So I found this book, which happened to be a part of a series called Sleeping Giants. Book one of the Themis Files. Mm. And it's really wonderful. It's by Sylvain... Nouvelle. He or she or they created this book, this series, and it's really good. It was really interesting. It's kind of written in a series of um, interviews. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me so much of like the script of like a dramatic podcast series. Okay. If you've ever read like or listened to The White Vault or like the Bright Sessions or something like that, it was definitely giving me Bright Sessions energy. And the whole concept is that like this little girl who goes out on a bike ride in the middle of nowhere falls in a fucking pit. And inside the pit is this giant hand, metal hand. Okay, that's scary. It's not moving. It's just a hand. She falls in the hand. That would hurt. I'm sure she had a concussion. But if she were wearing (laughs) her helmet, maybe she didn't have one. True. Always wear a helmet. So then this whole discovery of this hand leads to... The realization that there are all of these objects in these body parts all around the world that date like pre-pre-pre civilization like six thousand years ago and i'm not going to spoil anything it doesn't spoil anything but it does appear that they are building a giant woman oh i love that and i just wanted to rep that sleeping giants by sylvain nuvo and you just found it on the curb yeah but speaking of giant women our patreon i was like what's the segue what is it <laughs> Cause we're giants, you know, podcasting giants. Oh yeah, and we have a Patreon that's fairly successful. I'm I'm proud of it. I tell
1: people about it. Me too. So we need new recording equipment because we are going to be working remote. Cause soon I'll be moving to Los Angeles, and then the dream team will be virtual. But yeah, the virtual dream team. I've been I'm, I've been looking
0: at all of these uh, LinkedIn learnings, how to lead a team in, through change,
1: how to properly manage a virtual team i <laughs> love that i love that i hope we get to do like surveys and stuff like that yes, team building yes, surveys for sure. and we'll have our own slack uh, game nights yeah that'd be good or like little cocktail hours that'd be fun adorable and on our patreon we have almost 80 extra bonus episodes which is so much content that's a ton it's so much You'll never be bored. I love that. And for just $5 a month, you can listen to all of it.
0: All of it. (laughs) Only half of it. For $5, it gets you just half. No, (laughs) no, I'm now
1: learning that you do get all of it. You get all of it. Uh, That's what they say. That's what the big boss says. And last week, we did the last six months of astrology for 2023. So we looked at July through December. And then we also looked at what astrology will look like this year for your particular sun sign. And some of you have glorious years, and then there's Pisces, and you should just give up. Yeah, I think that Pisces,
0: maybe you should um, invest in one of those vans that you can gut the back of, and then you can just kind of roll into the woods far, far away. Maybe they
1: should get, like, a bus. Yeah! Just refurbish a bus for a year. Don't get around any other Pisces, because they're bad energy this year, guys. <laughs> and then next week, we're going to talk about the cultic story of the Lyman family. And they were like all over and especially on Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Yes. They, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but spooky.
0: It's ookie. There's a, a spaceship involved. There's witchcraft. There's folk music. And there's a very successful
1: home redesign company. Ah, And yeah. And not to spoil anything, but Martha's Vineyard is not owned by Martha's store. And we all are very upset by this fact. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand. I'm like, why? Why would another woman be named Martha? On purpose. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. But anyways, today we are going to talk about It's Mrs. Satan to you. Oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I am so excited because what a name. What a woman. What a story. What a victory. What a time, honestly. What a world. So who is Mrs. Satan and why are we even talking about her?
0: Mrs. Satan is the nickname for Victoria Woodhull, who was the first woman in the United States to run for president. Oh, work. And 151 years later, in 2023, the year of our goddess, there still has never been a female president in the history of this country. That's pretty fucked. Because of this, she was vilified. And that's not the only reason that she was called Mrs. Satan Gang. She was also a woman's rights advocate. Ooh. Yikes. A proponent of free love. And one of the real reasons we're talking about her today, a magnetic healer and spiritualist. So she would have been the world's first spooky president.
1: Ooh. Oh, it could have been Marianne Williamson. I know. Do you think about her? I think about her sometimes. Yeah, a lot, actually. And you were like, we were so close. We were so close to having one. (laughs) Having an underqualified woman in the office instead of... I'll take any kind of woman in the office at this point.
0: So Victoria was born Victoria California Claflin because she was big, dry, and always on fire. Stop.
1: What if your middle name was California?
0: like having the name florida i kind of like it though okay but we're gonna get to her sister and her sister also has the name of a state oh
1: yes that is true
0: she was born september 23rd 1839 so she's the earliest of the libras she was born in homer ohio which is one of those godless unincorporated towns less than an hour outside of columbus ohio so she's a midwest gal oh yeah she talks like this i love it i'm retiring with Hall. But besides being a Midwesterner with sexual convictions, I did want to say that I scoured the first page of Google to find anything interesting about Homer, Ohio, <laughs> any fun facts, anything. And their only claim to fame is Victoria. Damn. This is the only good thing that has come out of this township. It's not even
1: a town. And that was like 18, th- that was nearly a hundred years ago. Almost 200 years ago. Two, 200 years ago? Yeah, it's fucking crazy.
0: So her mother, Roxy Hummel, which is a fantastic name, was a fan of Franz Mesmer. Do you remember, did we talk about him from mesmerism? I vaguely remember him.
1: But with a last name like that, like how can you forget, you know?
0: He's this guy, he'd like sit women down in a room and like rub his hands all over their body and cure them of hysteria. And they would have these, I forget exactly like the language, but they would have these kind of orgasmic like revelations while in this state. And then they would be cured of like, their depression, when actually it sounds like these women just truly needed to have an orgasm.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's helping all these women become cum queens. I'm kind of about that. So
0: clearly, Roxy fucked, Mm -hmm. and she fucked a lot. But she was also a follower of spiritualism. So just like to give perspective, the Fox sisters, the hauntings that happened at the Fox sisters' home are going to happen in less than 10 years. So this is like, she is at the beginning of some crazy shit right now. I like it. It's new. It's hot. Victoria's father... Reuben, like the sandwich, Buck Buckman Claflin Esquire, was called by all those around him a snake oil salesman and a toothless one-eyed bum. Oh, so he was really toothless and had one eye? Yes. Wow. He would bring his wife, Roxy, to pubs and taverns in their town and have her read people's fortunes for money. She would then fall into a trance, you know how you do, Mm -hmm. and return to her audience as the Virgin
1: Mary. Good for her. It, she's really going for like an icon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Madonna.
1: No. Not Elvis. The Virgin Mary.
0: She also believed that she could heal the sick with electricity and magnets and refused to send her children to doctors, which is why she has so many dead children. Which, are, you know, arguably doctors were like 80% leeches at this point in history.
1: So really nothing can be trusted anyway.
0: No, don't send your children to anyone. Don't even trust yourself around your children in 1839. Definitely don't. Now there's a very strange and very mean article by American Heritage Magazine that alludes to the idea that Roxy and Buck, Victoria's mom and dad, were devastatingly fugly. Oh. And they remark on the fact that it's really strange that their children are so beautiful.
1: But- Which I was like, they're all right. I feel like this is common. So maybe this is the first point in history people were like, hey, isn't this fucking weird that you can have two ugly people and make like a beautiful baby? Yeah, I think about that all the time.
0: And then you have two beautiful people and then they make like a weird tech kid that stays inside and gets real pale. Yeah, genetics,
1: dude. It's crazy. No, wait, I'm gonna scratch that. You get two beautiful people and then you get a sociopath. That is the risk. You can't like team up with someone who's too beautiful if you're too beautiful because... They're probably Hitler. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, it's kind of like if you're beautiful and you were always beautiful, mm-hmm. like if you were a beautiful falsetto child and you marry another beautiful falsetto child, you never had to learn to have a personality personality. So then how do you pass on the Mm. genetics of personality to someone else? And even if you don't have good genetics for personality, you can't teach them it. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't have it. It's hard to teach empathy when you have none. Oh, that's a good point. According to Victoria, she's like, here's the math. This is how I became a 10 when my father is, quote, by the mayor called a toothless one-eyed bum. That's crazy. How rude. She said, yeah, it was very, I was like, you're supposed to be a historian. This is a man with feelings. Or he was, he's dead now. Yeah, well. um, so she says, oh, these lashes, these hips, baby, let me tell you, they come straight from the Holy Spirit because it was the Holy Spirit that came into her mother during the second great awakening. This is the story. This is the alleged story of her conception. Okay. During a revival meeting. You know, they had all these religious revivals okay. around the Great Lakes at this time. Victoria says her mother was overcome with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. And her father found this so arousing that he fucked her right there in the pews.
1: Well, to be fair, having sex in a church could be hot. Yeah, I mean, if you're an exhibitionist. Exactly. It's crazy.
0: Victoria's early life was heavily influenced by spiritualism, but when she was still young, her nurse, and probably the only solid female influence on her life, Rachel Scribner, died suddenly at the age of 25. Oh, no. Victoria would later claim that on the day that Rachel died, she visited in spirit form and took little tiny baby Victoria on a journey through the spirit world like she was a fucking yokai. Wow. She was escorted by quote like saint catherine by two angels and she was flown around eventually setting down to meet her spirit guide this is what she says about her spirit guide she described him as a solemn and regal older man in a greek tunic okay and he says to little vicky baby you're gonna be famous oh you're gonna get the hell out of this dirt ass town and live in the big cité and you're gonna have your name and lights and people are gonna love you, and your words are gonna be written in journals, and you're gonna have distinction, and eventually, baby, baby Vicky, eventually, your people will crown you
1: as their leader. Wow. Okay, this is a good prophecy. I'm feeling this. The tunic is interesting. Did she just mm-hmm. feeling a little slutty? She wants to see some some leggy. I don't know. I so she's from Homer, Ohio.
0: Oh. I wonder. Interesting. Yeah, even if it's not Homer himself, I'm sure there's kind of like this Greek-Roman
1: fascination. I could see the town being named after him. Mm -hmm. The Homer. Homer Simpson, of course. The donut rascal
0: Homer Simpson. (laughs) After this encounter, Victoria would claim that she could speak to her dead sisters, Odessa and Dea, and that—which, these are uh, wild names— and that she could recall past lives. But that last part, I only heard in a podcast one time, and I read it nowhere else, so I have no idea where they got it. Okay. But the woman seemed fairly convinced. I love when people speak with conviction, even if there's no evidence. That's what this podcast is. (laughs) In addition to seeing dead people, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. At the age of seven, Victoria discovers she has the power to heal. When her sister, Tennessee Claflin, age two, was sick with pneumonia. So poor Tennessee, she's sick with pneumonia. She's only two. Her little body cannot take it. Victoria sits at her bedside and falls into a trance. During this trance, Victoria saw two angels standing guard alongside her at Tennessee's bed. They both bent down to her tiny little toddler body. So little. Allegedly breathing their hot, hot angel breath onto her. Oh, So stinky. And moments later, She was healed. Wow. And after this encounter, Tennessee would also
1: claim to have the gift. Okay, but how does she remember? She's like two. Do you remember anything from being two? I don't. Straight up. I have no idea what happened. I don't even think I was two. I don't think
0: so. I think my earliest possible memory could have been like before Sean was born and I was
1: four. Mm -hmm. So I think my earliest memory is probably like four. Yeah, I don't remember anything before my brother was born. My life didn't begin until my brother was born.
0: Isn't that so cute? That's so adorable. my gosh, that's an awards acceptance speech. Thank you. So this next section I call, thanks dad. (laughs) First bullet point, Buck, he suck. Damn. Buck Claflin, world's best dad. The man who gets hard-ons at tent revivals saw that his daughters were displaying evidence of the gift. And thankfully, instead of getting aroused about this... His beady little one eye flashed before him. Dola signs, dola signs, dola signs.
1: Good for him. When you see talent in your kids, you've just got to exploit it. You got a Serena and Venus Williams, this fucking shit. You send them to the tennis court. Because one day they're going to fight against you and they're going to say, Dad, you ruined my life. And he'll be like, You know what? We're rich. So, did I? And then they'll do drugs, but you know, that's just part of it. That's called growth.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, take some responsibility for your life, two-year-old Tennessee Claflin. So I just want to give you Buck Claflin's recipe for psychic success. Do not try this at home. First, keep the children hungry because starvation makes psychic powers even stronger.
1: Okay, I want to take a second and like say that I don't condone what I had just said about exploiting your children i'm really gonna walk (laughs) it back right now okay it was very quick but we're walking it back don't leave them hungry don't feed your children they need to eat do you know how hungry i get children ravenous
0: yeah they have to build all this muscle alicia and i don't have to build anything anymore we're already done yeah we've been baked
1: we're baked and pulled out of the oven you know they're still baking yeah
0: they are not even a soft-boiled egg yet they are raw yeah exactly Step two, four, Buck, Claflins, recipe four, psychic success. Keep the children moving from place to place so that they make no connections and no one could catch on to your very abusive antics. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: And then finally, boys will be boys and girls will be abused physically and sexually. So there's a lot of alluding to Victoria in Tennessee being given to men for money and using their bodies in some way during their psychic healing sessions. Mm. It is never explicitly said what happens. Yeah. Dude, no wonder she
1: ran for fucking president.
0: She's like, and uh, my first order, kill all the men. Yeah, she's like, I have overcome so much. Let's keep going. Through the sex and the abuse and the mysticism, you would think that a savior should arrive right about now right like you know this is the perfect timing it's like enter stage right Mm -hmm. here he comes and unfortunately instead of enter stage right our wonderful night night on shining not knight on shining armor that's not that's not the same knight
1: in greasy armor
0: our shrek (laughs) himself shrek was even better yeah then this piece of shit, Dr. Canning Woodhall. That's right, Canning. So Canning Woodhall was a 28-year-old, quote, doctor in Ohio who Claflin visited for medical attention. He took one look at 14-year-old Victoria and fell in love. Ew. Pedophilic, gross, gross love. And he begged Victoria to marry him, pleaded with her father. And Victoria was probably like, yuck, no, you're like double my age. Like, when you were my age, sir... Adult, I was just a twinkle of the Holy Spirit in my father's eye. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even around yet. And that's weird. So finally, Canning convinces, abducts Victoria and makes her his bride. In Cincinnati, they have wedding document there. So legally, they get married. Three days later, he skips town. Wow. You want to know where she finds him living? Where? Living full time in a brothel. Wow.
1: Ohio used to be so much fun. (laughs) I know.
0: What happened? You could just stay the night and the morning. Maybe they'd feed you. you. just get married and then go to a brothel the
1: next day. Like, wow.
0: The Midwest. And then what they did is they took all of that fun energy and moved it into Nevada. The one lawless state. The reason that she went looking for him, actually, was that in the three days before he beefed it to a booty call, he got her pregnant.
1: Wait, how did she know?
0: Well, nine months later was probably about when she found (laughs) him. Because the reason she went looking for him is after their son, Byron, was born. And she was like, I've got this fucking baby. I can't do this by myself. So she marches down to the hanky-panky and chews the fuck out of canning in front of all his little key cats. Good for her. And he's so humiliated and ashamed. He came home. Which, just to remind you guys, this girl's probably like 15 now. This girl? She's like the definition of girl boss at this point. 100%. Yeah, that's crazy. So I just wanted to give you guys like also a little bit of context is that there is a little bit of historical back and forth about Byron. So Byron Woodhall was intellectually disabled his entire life. And there's some debate about whether he was born with a disability or whether he suffered a brain injury from his alcoholic father within days of his birth.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: But something that will hit on soon is that Victoria is part of the feminist movement in the late 1800s, but she's an anti-abortion feminist, which is, you know...
1: Takes all kinds, I guess. I don't know. The 1800s, like, I mean, she's a child bride. That was legal, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there has to be some context. You can't have it all right now, you know?
0: Yeah. And I imagine that, like, raising Byron, someone who is described by everyone as gentle and kind-hearted, though he would never learn to speak— Probably in some way informed this perspective of motherhood in a lot of ways. That makes sense. All right, let's keep moving. Some more things happen. This woman does not rest. I love it. Victoria, she moves around a lot. She spends time in San Francisco as an exotic dancer.
1: Okay, get it, girl.
0: She becomes a full-time spirit healer in New York City.
1: Okay, and I have a little bit more context to this, so... Vicky and her sister Tennessee, nicknamed Tinny, so we are calling her Tinny from here on out, became spiritual advisors to 76-year-old Cornelius, one stupid name, Cornelius (sighs) Vanderbilt of the Vanderbilts, the wealthy railroad magnate's wife had just died. And so the sisters like swoop in and serve as mediums to help him contact the spirit of his dead wife. And then Vanderbilt used their talents to gain financial insights from the spirit world. I don't know how that worked out, but he was rich and old, and he probably just liked two young broads hanging out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows how old they were at this time? Like, maybe they were like 19. Exactly. Vanderbilt fucking bankrolled Vicky and Tenny's financial ventures on Wall Street. This is literally everyone's dream. And they began to make money in the stock market. So they're becoming rich. They're using Vanderbilt's money to make their own money, and I love it. They opened their own brokerage house, Woodhull Claflin & Company, in 1870, and made a fortune at the New York Stock Exchange. They're the first women to open up a brokerage house in the U.S. This is fucking nuts. Isn't this crazy? This is amazing. And many contemporary men's journals published sexualized images of the pair running their firm. But Susan B. Anthony, fucking Susan B. Anthony, whose motherfucking face is on some kind of motherfucking coin, applauded the arrival of women on Wall Street. So they got the attention of Susan B. Anthony. Local
0: hero, Susan B. Anthony. Crazy. Also, can we just go back to the fact that Cornelius Vanderbilt... The only nickname could be Corn, right? Corny Van?
1: Corny? Corny Van? Yeah. Cor- like, what are we doing? What the fuck? Are the Corny Van? I don't know. It's, t- it's like,
0: what? I can't it's obscene it stupid the victorians they had too much they were very silly so um vicky she has a not even better just i here i am making fun of corns but victoria has a daughter she names her zulu Maud, who would follow her around on all of these hijinks at some point victoria her dad and her sister tenny run a cancer clinic they're not doctors <laughs> where buck is peddling a topical cancer cure that doesn't work, that's not a thing. With the girls moonlighting as spirit healers at the hospital, the cancer cure mm-hmm. was lie, oh. so he's just pouring lie on people's tumors and disintegrating their body parts and being like, I cured you. Wow. Okay. I did you good. Money, please. Money. And I regretfully made this Google search on my works Wi-Fi. But did you know that lie only takes about three hours to disintegrate an entire human body and turn it to goo? Ew. But wait, so you're telling me it works. I'm telling you
1: it works. (laughs) You just don't have much left afterwards. If you're trying to lose a few pounds. If you're trying to... I don't know. I'm not gonna... I don't know. I got a wedding to go to this year, so... I'm going to go on that all-lie diet. (laughs) I don't think you should eat that.
0: No. (laughs) So shit's about to pop off as if it hasn't already over and over and over again over this very amazing, strangely prolific woman's life. But just to kind of set the stage for what's about to happen. So Victoria has a class A asshole husband who she was forced to marry at the age of 14. And she does leave his ass, but his infidelity and abandonment definitely gives her... A skewed vision of monogamy and marriage. Mm -hmm. Victoria has a class A abusive father who forces her into all kinds of uncomfortable and abusive situations. He sells his daughters into the sex trade, made them perform as mediums, and drank away all of the profits he ever made off of the backs of his children. So this gives her a skewed vision of men and fathers. I have to
1: say, though, people with alcohol addiction, they're kind of genius. Oh, they'll do anything. They'll do anything. It's kind of like, wow, you know? They're scheming. Like, I mean, they are. Like, scheming hard. You want,
0: if you need an ideas guy. Oh, that's an ideas guy. For sure. And then every successful business endeavor was built and run by her and her sister. Work. And Alicia's about to get into this. But in 1870, United States, it was not oh good time for anyone besides straight white men. Like this was not the time to be doing any of this and somehow they did it. So
1: we're going to talk about her free love movement because you know she's really into it now and I think a big part of this was women were viewed as men's property and she didn't like that and was like, fuck this. And so I think that definitely, especially how her father treated her. In New York City on Monday, November 20th, 1871, Vicky gave a speech now known as the Steinway speech. So it's making me think we're like in Astoria. In it, she said yes, I am a free lover. I have an inalienable constitutional and natural right to love whom I may to love as long or as short a period as I can to change that love every day if I please. And with that right, neither you nor any law you can frame have any right to interfere. So honestly, she's like kind of a leading feminist. Like that's kind of a crazy thing, like a fucking crazy thing to say at this time. She advocated that women should not be stigmatized for having affairs when it was so common of that time period for a married man to have a mistress or to, I don't know, fucking catch your husband sleeping in a whole brothel like Lamar Odom. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, getting
0: strange massages from mysterious women late at night.
1: Exactly. And so this is the 1870s. So there were really no divorces at this time. And if you get a divorce, like, you're ruined. You're a social pariah. Like you're a marked woman. You know, it's just it's not a good thing at all. Mm-hmm. You are Emma Stone. Easy A. It's over for you. In 1872, Vicky publicly criticized well-known clergyman Henry Ward Beecher for adultery. This guy was known to have had an affair with his parishioner. And for anyone who was like, what the fuck is that? Parishioner just means that this woman went to a particular church. Like I don't know why they had to use such a specific word to say that what kind of vocab words like why do i need to know this word ever stop trying to be smart yeah but anyway this chick's name was elizabeth tilton and elizabeth confessed to the affair and the scandal received national attention keep in mind we're only talking like newspapers of this time This is some juicy ass page six kind of gossip that's like gripping, you know, it's probably like the soul of America at the time. And for speaking out against this affair, Vicky was prosecuted on obscenity charges for sending accounts of the affair through the mail. And so she was briefly jailed, which, awesome. Oh my god,
0: yes! clap back girl because
1: back then obscenity could just be like accusing someone of having an affair and like mentioning i don't know sexual intercourse and people are like oh my pearls oh my gosh <laughs> my children cover their ears exactly and now it's like we just watch sex on TV for fun you know like times have really changed yeah we got HBO all of it vicky also said that to have sex with a man should ultimately be the woman's choice which was a revolutionary statement for the time when sex had been dictated on having it whenever the man wanted to, regardless if you're in the throes of a spiritual trance or not. And all of this, of course, is very much geared towards heteronormative relationships. We don't really know what her views are on homosexual relationships. I don't think that was really stated anywhere. And also, if she's running for president, it just might not have been stated anywhere. If she's thinking of, like, big picture, trying to mm-hmm. rise up ideas. But we love a bitch with a voice. We don't love a bitch with a voice who's fooling cancer patients. So, you know, there's some complicated emotions
0: here. Yeah. We can... I mean, Satan's a complicated guy, so I'm sure his missus would be equally complicated. Exactly. This is where she gets her name. Her advocating for the free love movement is where she gets the title mrs satan ah it comes from this political cartoon from 1872 from harper's weekly that shows victoria as a reincarnation of the devil holding a little sign that says be saved by free love and she looks behind her at a woman carrying her child and her drunk irate husband with a beard and a beer bottle in his hand like a screaming child having a tantrum on her back and the woman says this other woman says, I'd rather travel the hardest path of matrimony than follow your footsteps. And from then on, she was known as Mrs. Satan.
1: And the devil's like, okay, but I wouldn't. Yeah, also, what? Also, Harper's Colin, y'all need a new graphic designer. This is kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, this she... ain't Garfield, you know? Victoria looks kind of concerned for this
0: woman, but she's not, like, evil looking. No. Also, the wings are kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a cool texture for the wings. I like how her horns really add to her hairline.
1: Oh, I didn't even know she had. Oh. Yeah, check that I out. I thought her hair just had body.
0: <laughs> she was just doing the, the curly girl method where yeah, she's scrunching a lot. I love that. Also, where are they? This like treacherous, like fool's journey path that they're on. I have
1: no idea. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for both of these women one indoctrinated and another
1: demonized. Yes, exactly. So. Vicky, of course, is very into women's rights advocacy. And on May 14th, 1870, so we're still in the fucking 1870s, dude. For this decade, they did a lot. The 70s were a time. They were a time. No, I'm talking the 1870s. <laughs> the free love movement. Vicky and Tinney used the money they had made from their brokerage firm to start a newspaper called Woodhull and Claflin's Weekly, which published for the next six years. And this wasn't like a good housekeeping magazine. This was like raunchy L. if it were ran by like Dita Von Peace and Elizabeth Warren. This newspaper addressed issues that concerned women with unusual frankness and advanced the editor's vision that women could live as men's equals in the workplace, the political arena, and the family circle. So we are bringing some fucking revolutionary ideas into the mainstream. Probably not mainstream. This is probably very niche. This is probably like a New York City only kind of newspaper. Right <laughs> this is like just Brooklyn. Just... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> The paper promoted women's suffrage and labor reform and announced Vicky's candidacy for president of the United States. God bless America. It also became notorious for publishing controversial opinions on taboo topics, advocating, among other things, sex education, free love, short skirts, yes, spiritualism, fucking fat ass, vegetarianism, and licensed prostitution. Because now she's like, we got to regulate these bitches. They've taken husbands and shit. Yeah. Pay them. Figure this out. The newspaper quickly evolved into a radical political, economic, and social open forum that shaped Vicky's budding reform crusade. The 16-page weekly—I love that it's 16 pages. Like, this is short and sweet and to the point. It's a 16-page weekly magazine published exposés on stock swindles, insurance frauds, and corrupt congressional land deals. So they're just going after the big wigs, the big white men in charge, and trying to push their like revolutionary liberal movements. Wait, so this is really interesting
0: because I wonder, in this free love movement... Like, contextualizing it within, like, our 1900s free love movement. Like, she does give, like, speeches about how we should abolish marriage, but that's because, like, marriage at the time isn't for love, mm-hmm. and it's not an equal partnership. You know, it's like, you're not becoming a team. Like, you're basically just becoming a sex slave. and Yeah, you're owned by someone else, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like all of this stuff was, like, so before our time, or her time, but all of it gets accomplished like women while it's not always like socially acceptable because there is this kind of like madonna whore complex a lot of places have sex education not all places a lot of women are able to have multiple relationships with people throughout their life and have it not be a huge deal mm-hmm. i own several short skirts
1: i love a good short skirt i feel like everyone should wear short skirts men women i don't care uh spiritualism ouija boards are back yep vegetarianism Hot. i think
0: it's something like of millennials are vegetarians. And then, uh, you know, we're working on regulating the sex industry in a way that empowers the people that work in it.
1: Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Just not the female president thing yet. No God, fucking damn it. It's a big missing puzzle piece, but, you know. So Vicky announced her candidacy for president in 1871, and it would be 50 years before women could vote. So women can't vote for her at this time. But there was no law preventing women from running for office. Like, you can run. You just can't vote. She was nominated for president of the United States by the newly formed Equal Rights Party on May 10, 1872, and her nomination was ratified at the convention on June 6, 1872. And she had also nominated the former slave and abolitionist leader, Frederick Douglass, for vice president, but he never acknowledged the nomination. I don't know if he knew. I feel like he must have known, like someone must have told him, but I kind of feel like maybe it was a bit like a Marianne Williamson situation where people are like, okay, but like, you're not gonna win. I'm not gonna give this any credibility, like that Mm -hmm. kind of thinking. Uh, She knows me, but I don't know her. And Frederick Douglass, he was pretty busy, I think. Yeah, yeah, fair. He had like a legacy. So he didn't have time for this. Although many people agreed that she was the first woman to run for president, there were several controversies with her nomination. So one being she was younger than the constitutionally mandated age of 35. She was 33 at the time, so it was pretty close. But people are like, yeah, but the law says 35. Which is kind of dumb because I feel like by age 30, I've seen enough of this world to like, run for change and make things happen. Like why do you need 5 extra years? Yeah, I agree. She did not receive any electoral votes or popular votes. Official election returns show that she got about 2000 scattering votes. Is that like the Kanye West vote? I it's think like, so. Yeah. People are like Mickey Mouse, Victoria Woodhull, uh Nixon. Yeah. And then the last reason being she was a woman. And by that, a lot of men in power in the U.S. didn't think women were full citizens of the United States because women couldn't vote. And the president needed to be a full citizen of this country. Which is just like a weird little, like, what? What the fuck? What? It's wild.
0: What kind of dumb, like, psychology math is that?
1: Yeah. And apparently, when she was arrested for the obscene magazine articles about the Beecher affair, that made her miss, like, the vote. She was, like, in Uh, jail during the vote, which I'm also, like, I guess she couldn't have voted. But she, like, missed the fun time because she's, like, sitting in prison, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Okay, but how fucking cool would it have been if
0: she had gotten, like, a significant amount of the vote? And then she's, like, in prison and then, like, the press is there and they're, like, photographing her as, like, a political prisoner? Yeah.
1: I thought you were going to say political princess. And I was, like, I like political princess. Political princess. Also, after the time in jail, Susan B. Anthony decided that Vicky was kind of pulling a Kanye and a little too radical and stopped advocating for her to be president. So she was just too outspoken to really get any women any rights at this point. She was like, ooh, you're so outspoken. You're like reversing the cause.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to be the person that, like, actually gets us
1: what we want yeah. because you're too radical. Because people now just think you're crazy. They call you Mrs. Hate. Exactly. And then in 1877, so the bitch did not become president of the United States. And now we are low on money. We've spent some time in jail, which was sick, but we spent some time in jail. We're just low on cash. So Vicki and Tenny leave America to start a new life in England, back to the home country. I don't know if it's their home country, but you know. I don't think so. No, they're from Ohio. Yeah, so they're probably <laughs> German. <laughs> Vicky made her first public appearance as a lecturer at St. James Hall in London in 1877 in December. Her lecture was called The Human Body, the Temple of God, which what a name. And it was a lecture she had previously presented in the U.S. And present at one of her lectures was the wealthy banker, John Biddulph Martin. The two began to see each other and were married on Halloween in 1883. His family was known to not approve of the marriage. Oh, that's the sexiest marriage, baby. I know. They were very, very against it. From then on, she was known as Victoria Woodhull Martin. And under that name, she published the magazine The Humanitarian from 1892 to 1901. So she's publishing magazines in the US, in the UK, like she's all over the place. And she remained active in the British women's suffrage movement and various causes like throughout her life. And so at this point in her life, Vicky was working hard to distance herself from her really former radical ideas on sex and love. She's trying to be a little more mainstream and like trying to help the cause more. After John died in 1901, Vicky gave up publishing and retired to the country. And not much is known about her in the nearly three decades left of her life. She went from so much, like, notoriety and publicity, and then she just, like, quietly retires to the country. But I imagine she had many parties and was the town gossip, you know? She'd have to be. She died on June 9th, 1927, at the age of 88, which is a very ripe old age for back then.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, like, honestly, a wild age for a woman to live. Someone who had had several children. Mm -hmm. The way that the medical system was handled at that time, we knew so little. We didn't even have, what, by 1927, did we barely have penicillin?
1: Yeah. And I love that she, like, married up and inherited all of his money. Yeah. And she was just like, well, I don't need publicity if I'm rich. So
0: I just have a couple final questions Mm -hmm. before we close out and move on to our next topic, which is knowing all of this about Victoria's life, and her legacy. How do you think Victoria Woodhull has affected our views of spiritualism, of politics, of feminism, of women's bodies?
1: Yeah, it seems like these are all topics that she brought up that we're still having as a country. And it's kind of crazy that, I mean, it was over 100 years ago that she mentioned these things. So it's just, I don't know, it's crazy how far we've come and the not at the same time mm-hmm. like we still don't have a female president like that's wild mm-hmm. but then also when you think about it it's like women didn't have anything not at all. it's really crazy it's pretty fucking buck wild what do you think
0: i also think it's crazy that like women didn't have anything and yet white women like sort of viciously clawed their way to hold on to like white supremacy mm-hmm. at this time too like thinking about like the 1870s like that's like not even a Full decade after the end of the civil war yeah and she of course like named frederick Douglass as her running mate but that like a lot of the women in the suffrage movement were like oh no 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 yeah you can't do that whitey's first okay
1: yeah. we're all for equal rights but for us <laughs> yeah you know? exactly or it's like we need rights but for white women only yeah like yeah. let's tone it down okay let's not get too radical here One group at a time. I mean, of course, there was a ton of racism
0: in the suffrage movement, but also that, like, some people felt like, no, we need to, like, really narrow down our goal to, like, this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think something that Victoria Woodhull spoke on often was that, like, no, I'm not here just to be able to vote for another stupid idiot man, Yeah, you know? I want everything. I want it all. I want it all. And with that... We move on to
1: which is in the news yes it's true our first story connecticut may exonerate accused witches centuries later okay it's about time i know decades before the infamous salem witch trials in massachusetts alst young was killed at the gallows in connecticut becoming the first person on record to be executed in the american colonies for witchcraft Young was the first of nine women and two men executed by the colony of Connecticut for witchcraft over 15 years. So a 15-year period, 40 people faced trial for having ties to Satan. Very accusatory back then. Yeah, a lot of like, I know you know him. Now, more than 375 years later, there is a movement for Connecticut lawmakers to offer exonerations to these victims. This comes on the tail of the 2022 exoneration for Salem witch trial victim Elizabeth Johnson Jr. You know, the one where all the kids were like, hey... Beth Caruso, an author who co-founded the Connecticut Witch Trial Exoneration Project back in 2005, has created that group to clear the names of the accused. But only now, because of these children in Massachusetts, is any like steam coming to it. The group is encouraging people who discovered through genealogy research that they are descendants of victims to contact Connecticut state legislatures and urge them to support exoneration legislation. Or make it personal. Yes. If you're in Connecticut, get on this. Be like those elementary kids. Help exonerate. Why not? What else are you doing? It's winter. Are you even leaving your home? Maybe today because it's nice. Yeah. But any other day, fucking figure out your genealogy. Our next story is witchy white lotus pranks. Oh, yay. So we're all waiting for the White Lotus season three. But in the meantime, let's talk about a prank that Aubrey Plaza played on her co-stars while on the season two Italian set. In a GQ profile, Aubrey owned up to pranking her White Lotus co-stars by planting Blair Witch style symbols in their dressing rooms and pretending it wasn't her. A classic prank. Oh, this is my favorite prank. Adam DeMarco was Plaza's first victim. He came back to his dressing room in Italy and discovered the room's reed diffusers, arranged in an ominous symbol on the floor. Very spooky, very witchy. I would be so scared. After that, to throw her co-stars off the scent, Aubrey ravaged her own room. She went around asking her castmates, who did this? Do you know who did this? Truly a mastermind. That's what you have to do. Oh my gosh, brilliant. First you attack, then you like play victim yourself. Like this is a great prank.
0: You inject yourself into the the investigation. Exactly.
1: Who could have possibly done this? And of course, while all of this is going on, Aubrey is slipping her co-star strange notes under their hotel doors. And she's just really trying to keep it weird and eerie. Like no one knows who is doing this to them. And of course, the staff at the Four Seasons San Domenico Palace knew it was Aubrey. I mean, they have got security cameras and shit. So they like knew there wasn't an actual threat to (laughs) these high paid stars. Did they tell on her? No, (sighs) they did not tell on her. But Aubrey didn't own up to it until the GQ profile. Because if you've got a good grift, you got to make it last. But I love that. I love it. Yeah, it's like, ooh, let's fuck some shit up. Let's have some fun. Do not ever do this to me. You would freak out. I'd leave. That apartment or the city? The earth. Change your name. Move to a different country. I become Christly. Craigsley? No, Christly. Oh, Christly. I was like, okay. To ward off the evil. Craigsley's a name. Oh, yeah. You could. That would be fun, though. I feel like if Canning can be a name, then Craigsley could also be a name. Hugsley's a name. So, you know, anything goes. And our last story is about the Mayfair Witches TV show. Have you heard about this? I have no idea what this is. Okay. So I don't know anything about this IP either. So that's why we are late talking about it. But Anne Rice's The Mayfair Witches is now a TV show released on AMC+. Plus. Mayfair Witches follows Rowan Fielding, who is played by Alexandro Daddario, who was in season one of The White Lotus. So fun segue there. And the adoptee who learns that her birth mother comes from a long line of powerful witches. There is a dark side to their power, a creature named Lasher, who haunts the Mayfair women. As Rowan discovers more and more about her family, Lasher sinks his claws in deeper and deeper. I know. Ooh, spooky. Anne Rice is the famed novelist of Interview with the Vampire. So if you love witches, spooky supernatural, and a flair for drama, the Mayfair witches is for you. Also, it's not over. Weekly episodes come out each Sunday with the season one finale coming out on February 26th. You can start watching now and then be caught up with the action. And I don't have AMC Plus, but if anyone does, and y'all like what you see, you should let us know.
0: Yeah, let me know. Because I, you know, I got a lot of Craig of the Creek to be watching right now. And Do you know that I'm watching that right now? Are you watching that right now?
1: Yeah, that's our bedtime show. No, that's my bedtime show. No, that's our bedtime show. We've been watching it for, like, since January. So, well, no, maybe, like, a few weeks ago since we finished Adventure Time.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Hold on. I My battery's at 27%. But yeah,
1: do you know... The horse girls. Yes.
0: And the episode where JP, have you gotten to the point where JP like tries to become a horse? Yes. And and then at the end he realizes, he's like, I realize I'm not a horse. I'm really a truck. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. (laughs) it's such a good show it's like it actually made me realize that I don't want to raise children in the city because like they don't get to have this kind of like unchaperoned like unobserved time alone in nature with their friends doing weird fucking shit yes
1: oh I totally feel that
0: I like absolutely was like because it reminded me so much of Alicia and I used to go to a creek yeah but we
1: were teenagers these are like children
0: yeah this is true but so could we you were imagine drugs, if, but <laughs>
1: but could you imagine if we had known each other when we were little oh my god it would have been so
0: cute Oh my god, I'm not the amount of oh, I can't even. That is so funny and that is just the the energy of the last of the Saturn return and reconnecting with your childhood of living in the suburbs.
1: Oh my gosh, if you were a kid and had come over our backyard, so we had like a beautiful pine tree in the backyard, so mm-hmm. we would climb it and it was sticky as shit and, you know, it was so much fun. But in the pine needles on the ground, there were always pine needles. We would find horseshoes. What? From like when our neighborhood used to be like an orchard. So we'd find these old ass horseshoes and it was just so much fun. And you and I would have had a great time being like, what is this? You know? Oh my God, a treasure. A treasure. Yeah, like real life treasure. Instead of garbage books. Oh man, that's cool. I know. So cool. It was so much fun. Uh, and this has been Witches in the News. Thank you.
0: I am you it. for this news. Of course. All right, I'm at 25%, which means it is time for the spell. Woof. Okay. So, baby witches, yesterday, it's the love day. Today, the love is gone. (laughs) As the 1990s Muppet Christmas Carol states, the love is gone. So, I'm here to help you accept that all of this is over and that you don't need them. Yeah, fuck them.
1: It's over. You don't need to reconcile. You don't need to forgive them. I mean, cuffing season is nearly over anyway. So, like, just move on. Get your summer fling in February. All right. So let's start this fling. First off, this is what you need. An apple. Great.
0: Apples are a favorite of Aphrodite and other spirits of love. Two, you're going to need some honey. I don't give a shit if it's local. (laughs) Get what you need. I don't care. Get what you need. Make it cheap. Have you seen the price of honey lately? I haven't. I don't buy it. And then finally, cayenne pepper. Okay. This sounds like a celebrity fad diet. (laughs) You're going to put it in a blender. (laughs) And drink it. And shit your pants until you're beautiful. So dice up the apple and then cover it in honey and cayenne pepper, okay? Really just, like, fucking slop that shit on there. Make a mess Mm -hmm. all over those little apple slices. Then you're going to need to put it up somewhere high where your cat cannot get to it because you're going to let it sit until it rots. Yeah. This is the tumor that is your past relationship, okay? It is rotting, it is stinking, it's very sticky, and then throw the apple away immediately take out the trash oh my gosh the book said to flush it which i didn't want this to fuck up your pipes baby wishes so i say throw it away take out the trash immediately don't bury it that's like sprouting seeds don't throw it into the ocean i'm worried about dolphins and then i do want to affirm for you that you will love again and this time hopefully more wisely
1: i love this because it's like this apple represents what was your love and then you trash it yeah you literally throw it away you don't need it it's
0: garbage that
1: is so funny But you want to know who's not garbage? Who?
0: Our favorite people here at this podcast.
1: (laughs) We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, whose music we use in the intro and outro of each week's episode. I'd also really
0: like to thank anyone who's left us your views wherever you're catching your podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. We really need some reviews. There we go. You can find me on Instagram at alicia
1: period herder. Where can I find you, Tara?
0: You can find me on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. If you want to see memes, you can go to my personal Instagram. That's underscore
1: little moss. Gorge. And then we are on Instagram at which yes, share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you on our stories. And then you can also hop over to the Discord server. If you want to learn anything else about witchcraft and, like, create a community, it's an awesome place to go. And if you don't like any of the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchesspodcast at gmail.com.
0: We want to hear your listener spells. Tell us about— Oh, yeah. uh, Like, your love spells. Tell us about your Valentine's Day. Tell us about how your New Year's resolutions and affirmations are going. We're going to check up on you soon. We'll check
1: up on you, so be ready. Be prepared.
0: And you want to know who else I'm checking? Patreon, baby. Patreon. 100 percent so five dollar patreon which is and above are getting two extra episodes a month which makes this a weekly podcast they deserve it ten dollar and above get access to our close friends list and more plus they get early access to what our episodes are about any cool merch and then when we go away on break they keep getting episodes boom baby that's the place to be those are the perks these are the bennies these fat benjamins that they're getting i love it and i love this and i love you and this has been
1: which yes happy belated valentine's day wait did you say it what which yes no i didn't i like forgot you said it so (laughs) casually that i was like she's got this say it (laughs) all right all right well cue me in again okay okay
0: and this has been which Yes. yes Feel better you can't leave me like that <laughs> you abandoned me at the altar
1: <laughs> i just i didn't even have second thoughts i literally had no thoughts and i was like yeah that's normal tara just ends this and we're good <laughs> she just sends us to the gallows and ends this and then we can go
0: oh there is a cat
1: <laughs> she waited do you want to be on my lap
0: i'm not wearing any pants Artemis, tell us do you have any do you have any hot takes how do you feel about presidents she's eating the microphone well that's gonna be great audio thank you